Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Keepers of the Book. I'm your host, Maz, joined here with my co-captain, Jordan. And today we're covering Star Trek Strange New Worlds, Season 1, Episode 7 and 8. Um, only two episodes, not a whole lot to cover, but they were solid episodes. I liked them a lot. Uh, yeah, it's getting better as time goes on, you know? Yeah. Um, especially the second one. We'll cover that one in a second, but... First episode was just to bring. It just involves with Spock, this uh, spy captain lady. She infiltrates like the ship, um, and to bring is holding a hostage. Well, I guess no, the spy host, the spy lady was holding Enterprise hostage, right? Uh, along with Spock, and she wanted to free her husband, I think, who was a Vulcan, who. Well, she said it was her husband, um, who turns out to be Spock's half-brother. Which is weird, because they don't mention yeah. siblings, do they? Um, I mean, Burnham is um, Spock's sister, so I guess... Yeah, that's yeah. true. You got him. Uh, and he seems like a derelict, so I can't derelict. understand that he <laughs> is not exactly the first... Uh, but anyways, um, there is, so you can kind of tell, I think from the very beginning to Pring and Spock's relationship is like, they're married, but you can tell it's not really going to work. Yeah. I, I don't know. I have a, I have a love hate relationship the way the. Vulcans do the relationship things. Mm-hmm. It just it, like this sounds weird, but it doesn't seem like any fun to date a Vulcan. Yeah, they seem way too rigid. Yeah, like live a little. I don't know if I should proper way to say that. Which like... I think is kind of funny, right? That they pretend like they. And me and my wife were talking about this. It seems to me like um, uh, that they, you know, care about emotions and logic, like emotions, like you can have them, but don't let them rule your logic or decision making. But we see it time and time again that they do. They just pretend like they don't. Um, and it's, we, we've seen it with the parenting. We've seen it with the Star Trek movies, actually, which I don't know if you've seen those. They're, they're decent. I want to say they're great. I think that Strange New Worlds is better. They're better than Discovery, but it's not a very high bar. No, I mean, I don't know. The dynamic, so like I like the I like a lot of the different aspects of this show. There's no real like real camaraderie. You know what I'm saying? No real camaraderie. Um, you're talking about within the uh, Vulcan. Y- yes. Yeah, it is weird, and I think it's because they don't they see emotions as a weakness. Right. Right, and that because of that, that leads them to be very 
um, they don't want to fully open up, I guess, because they see emotion as a weakness. And I think that the con that alone creates a barrier within all their relationships. Right. Uh, but yeah, no. So Tapring has Volk, uh, Spock's half brother infiltrator lady wants him, doesn't get him because Spock tricks everyone. Oh, tricks the cat, uh, infiltrator lady. I, I should have remembered her name. Tricks okay. her into thinking that, you know, she doesn't actually like to bring, she loves, he loves, um, the nurse, which I also can't remember her name. My God, I'm not, I'm getting really bad with names. Um, that's not good. That means you get old. Yeah. Is it nurse Hale? I think or something like that. Nurse. So. Okay. Anyways, uh, but yeah, I, I actually think that the relationship between the nurse and Spock is actually decent. Um, it seems more organic, so I I don't hate it. I will say that, uh, I think it's one of those things that he's Spock is destined to be with a human. I think because he is actually he has the intelligence of a Vulcan, but he has the emotional intelligence of a human. Yeah, I kind of picked up on that. Seems like he's. Seems like he fits in better with humans. Oh yeah, it, per it, se. And I, I really enjoy, um, just you know when he kind of discovers more about his emotional, uh, like I guess needs and other people's emotional needs, and then how he's supposed to interact and whatnot. And you know, again, this goes back to the same uh, thing we were talking about with Vulcans. They think that they don't you know, use their emotions to rule their lives, but they absolutely do. And then right. that's what gets them into trouble with themselves is because they don't know why they're acting the way they're acting. If which that makes like, sense. which you think in their infinite wisdom, it would solve. Yeah. Matters. Yeah. It's, it's, but that's, I think, I wonder what that is. I, I, I think, is it the ego? Did you spot anything? <laughs> yeah, I, it could be. But I, I, my running theory at the moment is I think it's the ego. They're they're so. They think they're so much better. Yeah, they think they're better that, and they think they're smarter than everyone else. That you know that they're like, oh, we we may be organic, but we're actually like robots. And I think they think that they're better because of that. I dude, I I that I get get that. But I don't get it up. <laughs> I don't get it, but you know what I mean. I I, I understand that. You know, oh, these dumb humans! That kind of talk. That, right. that kind of. Yep. No. No. Hundred percent. Um. I like. I I like the Vulcans a lot. Oh, don't get me wrong, dude. I I understand. Like, I understand why people like them. You know what I mean? They're superior. I mean, all in all, they're superior. They're technically superior, superiorly minded. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they're, and they're also, their ability to like, I do, th I, I wonder if every single Federation starship has a designated Vulcan as their scientist and or engineer or something like that. Because there's no way. No way that they don't have one or there's no way that they do have one. Um, 
Like as in no way that <laughs> I'm trying to write word this correctly. There's no way that that many, because of the way that the Vulcans act to people, there's no way there's that many that are willing to serve on Starfleet. Remember at the beginning how they talked about, like... Oh, yeah, that they are kind of, like, resistant to it all. Yeah, no, that's actually a pretty good point, I think. Um, That's the only reason I would doubt the statement. Yeah, I can I can understand that. Um, and I do. And to bring the way she's wording her issues about him, like being devoted to Starfleet, it doesn't seem like the Vulcan race is super in on the whole Federation dealio. Yeah, and I sense. that's what I picked up on. Considering that I I just don't don't think um. I just don't think their way of life is congruent with each other's. Yeah. And I think, I mean, the Vulcans have to be seeing the Federation as another just entity that's like, I guess, a necessary evil for themselves. But because if you think that you're better than everyone else, how are you going to ally yourself? And, And also not just an alliance, but you're also giving up your sovereignty. Right. Right. So that's, that's not cool. (laughs) (laughs) That is bad. Because think about it this way. Um, If I don't want to, I don't want to, okay. I don't want to use a Nazi example. Yeah. Because that's that's not true. Right. But if, uh, let's just say you, you have a country that just, they just think they're better than everyone else. All right. right. America. You know, most Americans think that they're better than everyone else. For what it's worth, every country thinks that they're better than everyone else. Um, but but yes, in all reality, yes. Yeah, they, they really do. Uh, America, Americans think they're better than everyone else. There's a lot of Americans that don't like the fact that we're part of the UN because it violates our sovereignty, right? Because we're answering to a higher governing body that we didn't elect. And if we're better than everyone else, why are we answering to other people? So, yeah, I just no, I don't I, I don't see fully. But again, we also have to take into account there is the um, the Klingon threat. Right. So for them, it's it is a again, like I said, it, it's a necessary evil the way that they see it. Right. And I don't know, I guess I just have I just don't. I can't I don't really know where. It would come from like me having any expertise in that, that area, like you know what I mean. Like, mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure this out. I'm trying to say this. we would never know about intergalactic. Well, maybe one day when we're all older, I'll probably be dead. But we don't know anything. But like, because intergalactic people, I mean, the fact that they're even getting along to me. Yeah, like, that is a kind of a big deal, right? Like. We humans these days don't get along. Now imagine an entirely right. different species, right? Like that is, that is, you, you make a good point. That is kind of impressive, actually. And, you know, since the Vol, and that, that, that brings me back to the Vulcan thing. If they think they're so much smarter, like, that's gonna, that, that causes issues, you know? I do, this is gonna sound really incredibly nerdy. 
I would actually love to sit, uh, have an episode of a Federation, like, Senate, kind of like Star Wars, right? That we got right. a lot of in the prequels, which other people didn't like. I personally loved, by the way. Um, I oh, just, right. uh, the Star Wars, right? The uh, the prequels yeah, yeah. had a lot of the Senate meeting stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved it. I didn't mind it. Yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, I didn't pay much attention to it, but I didn't mind it. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. That, that's fair. Um, but I think with Federation... Okay, with the Star Wars stuff, I do think it was maybe not paced super well, and I don't think that he necessarily did a good job at making it like appealing to everyone. But it was... It actually... Sh- sheds a lot of light on how poorly run the Republic was because right. everyone didn't like each other. And that's actually, and this is where Clone Wars kind of steps in. Clone Wars actually shows you why the separatists separated from the Republic because there was a lot of corruption and they had uh, reasonable qualms and whatnot with the Republic. And that's what caused the civil war. Yes. Um, but again, it's just, I guess the execution is where it kind of fell apart for some people, but for me, I loved it, and uh, for you. I would love to actually see Star Trek Federation meetings because uh, what is that show that I keep bringing up? Orville. Orville actually does have Federation like hearings and whatnot, so you get to see the inner workings of the Alliance and how different species have different values and um traditions and whatnot that need to be respected or they get brought up into conflict with the rest of the federation so then it, it there's a lot of stuff there and people think it's simple you just, oh you know as long as you just value each other's like ways no. and whatnot <laughs> it falls apart very quickly you'd be surprised you run into a situation where like one person's it does something wrong, and then their values dictate that th- that person must be punished, but then he's from a different race. I mean, it gets really hairy really quickly. Right. So, yeah. I, I, I use the word hairy. Uh, hairy, yeah. It gets really hairy. You know, there's just a lot of hair everywhere. Yuck. Um, but, yeah, I I would love to see more of that. Uh I mean, we got to see, we get to see a little bit of it in the Vulcan stuff. It's not so much politics, but I guess it kind of is politics, at least in the Vulcan way. Um, right. Vulcan the, politics has got to be so bland and oh, dry, dude. Could you imagine? Well, if it's like a bunch of people who them. want to pretend like they don't have emotions, run themselves, but then actually oh do get heated, but pretend that, like they're that, like, not. Hurts like my brain. Yeah, just think. Okay, we I now the more I talk about it, the more I actually want to see an episode of Vulcan politics. Give hey man, and I'm cool with all that. But you know, if you wanna have another podcast, I don't know if it'd be a good idea. I'd freaking off myself middle of the episode. Maybe we should write an episode, like a fan fan fiction. Now you're stretching. Now <laughs> all right. Um so the other episode was that fantasy one, and this this one I liked a lot. Um, okay. It ended in severe heartbreak, which I'll get to in a second. 
I'm sure you felt that just as much, if not even more than I did. Um, but yeah, so they get, um, they run across this nebula that it's actually the nebula itself is a living entity. And yeah. It's like a, it's like a conscious nebula. Yeah. Yeah. It was, and this is what I like about Star Trek. It's just like, like little stuff that like it's very rare, but it just kind of it, it fits the world. Yeah, and and since the universe is so big, you can just have like infinite style of stories, right? It's just like, oh, this is an a space anomaly, and yeah, Jesus, it's like okay, well, you know what, I'm in. Like, believe I agree. Yeah, it makes sense to me. So I I liked. Um, I, I like how these are all broken down, right? Where they're like, oh, we ran into a nebula. like, Or even Star, um, Discovery, right? Where they ran into like, what is it, some gravity or time well where half the ship was in one dimension, the other half was in another dimension. That was kind of crazy. Um, yeah, I don't... Some of the stuff, though, I'm like, all right, you guys are stretching the limit here. Yeah, like, this better just be a one-episode thing. Um, what do you think of the, that one engineer who's blind and deaf? He's not deaf, right? He has, he can hear. You know who I'm talking about, right? Um, wait, say it again. The guy, the engineer who's blind. Yes, 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 sorry. What do you think of him? Um, kind of a cool... I, I like... Oh, you're talking about the guy with the little squigglies over his head. Yeah, 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 the two yeah, little I like antennas. That guy. I like that guy. That's like one of my favorite... Remember I said that was one of my favorite characters? Yeah. He... I'll be honest with you, he kind of let me down this last episode. <laughs> I feel like I was like, okay, but... At the same time, though, this episode was not about him. It was about, oh, good God, I've I had his name and then I forgot it. The the chief medical officer guy. It was about him, and then and I remember his daughter's name, Rukia, and Rukia, you know, yeah. like the whole thing that he, which by the way, the Pike actor, he's awesome. You think so? Yeah, he's amazing, dude. He. Like, he, I don't know how to explain it. He's just so, hey, he, look at that range, right? Like, he plays a sci-fi captain, and then now he's playing, like, this coward fantasy uh, king's advisor person. Like, it was really well done. I, I was really impressed with that. Uh, oh, yeah. But yeah, so I I loved that. I was I looked at my wife when we were halfway through the episode. Like somebody sprinkled some fantasy into my sci-fi show. Finally, right? Yeah, finally, <laughs> made it better. Um, made it better. Yeah, it kind of sucked. Which, I wasn't really liking it. The illustrations on that book were really well done too. In the uh, expanse? No, 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 not in the expanse. In the um, the book that they were that the whole fantasy episode was based off of, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that art style. It's like sci-fi gothic. 
uh, sci-fi space gothic kind of deal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. That yeah, the gothic. That I think that's probably. The, I I love the gothic art style. I love the gothic um, architecture style. So anything like that, I'm all anything in. goth, bro. Pierce your yeah, nose. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, injected. I should say veins. nose piercings are bad. I was just being goofy, but. Nah, I mean, the, I don't know, nose piercing, I'm kind of split on, on a personal level. If you have them, that's on you, but. So what do you, last thing I want to add is that since we've already been eight episodes in, I've been thinking about this. What do you think about the actual spacecrafts themselves? The, the, you're talking about like the, the, the design Tri- of it? The, just the design, like the two wings, obviously they're freaking boosters. Right. I mean. But then the disc shape, like I understand, you don't need aerodynamics really in space. Mm-hmm. My understanding, you know, space is not real. We live in a dome. But, um, yeah, I don't. I like. I like it, but I don't. I look at it and I'm like, that's cool, but something is wrong, and I don't know what it is. Is it because I'm preconditioned to spaceships like Star Wars? and then some other i'll be honest with you i'm kind of on the same boat as you i think the spaceship design in star trek leaves a lot to be desired uh i do wonder that if this is like a realism type of thing i can't imagine it's that realistic yeah Uh, i can't yeah i can't imagine that either so i've been reading the expanse books and they actually talk about if you remember the doniger the big old martian ship the big boy yeah so that ship in the books, they described it as literally an ugly ship and it's a flying building because in real life uh, space, there is no air resistance, right? So if you look at all of our ships, the way that they're designed, they're designed with like a point, right? Almost like a flying triangle Yeah. so that it's splitting the air, basically. Flying triangle. Well, in real life, or sorry, in space, because there's no uh, air resistance that we know of. I'm kidding. I mean, yeah. It's just, since there's no... <laughs> Call me off guard for a second. I'm like, wait, what are we talking about? Uh, because there's no air resistance in space, it... What ends up happening is that now you don't need to make a flying triangle to cut through air. and Because if you do, you're just wasting space, right? You're better off just creating a rectangle. I agree. Because when you have that slant, that's le- that's drastically less user um, usable space. So they actually describe the Doniger in <laughs> Expanse as being a quote very ugly ship because of that. So yeah, well, but yes, no. But, but what do you think about the Star Trek ship design? Like I said, I just don't. I don't love it, but then again, I don't hate it. It's it's something new. It's new, if, if you, that's even a word, my visual palette. Something new for my visual palette. It's it's so different that I don't I don't really know what to think about it. I'm more so at the point where I I just got to say I like it and I hate it all at the same time. Hate's a strong word. I don't hate okay. it. I just what, okay. So let me ask you this then: What do you like about it, and what do you not like about it? I 
I just don't like the way to design. I know it's supposed to be like slender and whatnot, but I just don't. It looks like a. It looks like a toy more than it does a spaceship. Yeah. No, that I definitely get. And also, it it does make me wonder, like, where are the movable parts? Like, So whenever we're seeing them on the ship, are they all in that saucer part? Or are there some that are in the stem that connect to the thrusters? Or I could see stem and thrusters, but uh, yeah. You know what uh, I mean? It's hard like, to tell. Yeah, exactly. It is hard to tell. You know, if I really, really still felt studious, I'd look it up. Why they did that? Because somebody's probably got an epic explanation. Oh yes, you. Yeah, a, a show or a series as, uh, or just a world as popular as Star Trek with the fandom that that has, especially how crazy us fantasy and sci-fi if you will get you know somebody absolutely has an explanation for that i i think it's just i think the ship could use a little bit and maybe if you colored it maybe if they actually put some color on it i don't know maybe that's it maybe it's just so it? bland and spacey looking but it, the, the thing is is that like the spaceship that those the guardians had, the shepherds, that was sick. Yeah. Maybe That's it's a... just one of those uniform totalitarian um like uniform type deals. It's all totalitarian like style. Like it's it's this style and that's all. Is the Federation all totalitarian though? I would I think so. <laughs> so I mean that would don't probably they be have, fitting. Don't they have like a Senate and whatnot? Uh probably. Think. Yeah, so the, does that make them totalitarian, or do you think they're like maybe not an oligarchy? I guess that would be more of an oligarchy. Do you think they're an oligarchical society? Um, I think somebody rules with an iron fist. I think it's more, dude, you're in space, dude, so like there's no room for, like you're gonna have to make, like you're gonna make a decision right away. There's no waiting for a senate to make a decision because... Oh, I see what you mean. Okay. Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah. Like, I just couldn't imagine them trying to make a decision when got lives and stuff on the line, and I don't know. I I guess. So the other thing I did want to talk about that ending of that episode. I was like. That was such a difficult episode to watch as a father to a daughter. Like, obviously, you don't want her to live in pain anymore, right? And then part Maybe of being a parent is to let go. But I don't know anyone that would have expected to let their kid go at that young of an age. And right, and he's been grinding through all these space side missions, trying to find a... Uh, trying to find an opening, trying to find a uh, some cure for his daughter's issues and couldn't, right? He just, he couldn't yeah. find it and then he runs into this nebula and the nebula's like, I can save her. You just won't ever see her again. Which again, as a dad, you're like, okay, that's not who, like, 
it, it's one of those situations where the clear the answer is clear, but it's still not easy. Still a tough cookie to bite off. Yeah, that one kind of hurt me. I was like, uh, I yeah. I mean, again, what did, what did you think, right? Like, because you got kids too. Yeah, well, I don't know. If somebody's just suffering, my view is weird because if you'd say it was somebody else, I'd say if they're suffering, they need to suffering. But if it's my children, I'll obviously do anything I can to save them. But then again, saving them is relieving them of their suffering. So you're stuck at a moral paradox. Are you though? Like, I don't think that there's a moral paradox here, right? Like the like I like I said, I think in my opinion, the answer is quite clear. You let her like what he did. I think that was the right thing. Otherwise, sure. um, you run into the and I don't like using this argument because it it seems very harsh. Is there you're kind of being um, selfish. selfish? Yeah, exactly. You're being selfish by like you you love her, you love her presence, so you're gonna continue to let her suffer. Which is not really Exactly. So th- that's the But but the only reason I say that is because you do anything for your so Right. Like, if you can keep her around and at least experiencing some of life in a comfort way, maybe maybe. But then again, you fall into the same thing that if they're just suffering, you need to just. But it's hard. So. Yeah, no, it's definitely hard. Like. And I was very I was impressed by like you could see the inner turmoil in him and he knew the right answer. But it's just like, dude, letting your kid go. But I am so happy that they pulled that where they like showed the older version of her and like. You know, she's aged and she's got to experience adventures like in her own created like reality, basically. Yeah, she kind of gets like a like a heaven-esque. Yeah, and I, I, I felt like that was very needed closure. Emotionally? Yeah, for him. Um, and, man. And then he named, what's it called? She named the Nebula after her mother too which oh dude that that whole, the ending of that episode really shook me like it i didn't cry it. but it was i was like very touched by that that was a very very good episode and again this is what star trek is meant to be so i really like that a lot and the fact that they can take they have two episodes and they're not a continuation off each other but they i mean they're not a continuation completely but you know what I mean. They still has. They still keep some story elements to to Star Trek. But they they allow you to pretty much view every try to give you a little bit something different. But he'll still kind of keep the story rolling. So every time something's different, it's not a con- complete continuation on the same story over and over again. Yeah. No. I. That I agree with that that because I think the problem with you having a overarching story that spans an entire season or even more than one season and every, you need to that story needs to be good. 
And if it's exactly. not, you're going to run into that problem. Not want to watch eventually. Right, exactly. Unless they're, unless they're obviously, unless you're a huge fan. Whatever. Yeah. So that, but because like Game of Thrones, right? Overarching story is great. So you're good. But like, and I think this is the, this is the issue with Star Trek Discovery is that it tried to have a story spanning the entire season or two seasons where, yes, every individual episode might have its own close off adventure, but it didn't, it wasn't done well. So it didn't really matter. You know what I mean? It's like some writers know how to get it right. Yeah. No, that's that's 100% right. And then the issue, the thing with uh, episodic style TV show is that if one episode sucks, it's like, okay, maybe you can just wait another episode and you're good. Right. For example, for example, Walking Dead is an overarching story. And when it got bad, it got bad. Whereas Star Trek Strange New World, if you didn't like episode like one or two, there's probably an episode in there for you that you might like. Right. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't really have anything left to say, I think, on these two episodes, unless you got something. No, they're, I mean, they're pretty good. I, I, I enjoyed watching them. I even stayed up late one night. I couldn't sleep, so I popped it on. Easy to watch. Easy to put down. Yeah, no, and they're easy to digestible, right? Because there's no overarching story that you really need to pay attention to, you can kind of just enjoy the episode without thinking too hard into it. It's uh, it's one of those interesting, like, detailed shows, but it's not uh, brain-intensive, if that makes sense. It's not, you don't need the full attention exactly. to enjoy the show. Exactly. Um, so that'll be our cover from us for that episode. Next time, I actually have I hitting all of you plus Jordan with a surprise again. Um, I finished part two of Oathbringer. Hey, so I'm we'll be covering it. part two of Oathbringer next time, and including the three, two, I think it's three. Epilogues. 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 Yeah, that that take place after the end of part two. So, yeah. So we'll be covering all of that next time. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you all next time. See ya.